It is Wednesday, December 6th, and you are listening to Run That Back. I am Scott Bunn. And I am Tom Chalmers, and this is your Indie Sports Radio. Tom, we're at it. Uh, there's a lot happening in the world of sports. It's freezing outside. I listened to a podcast today, and someone was like, I just got back from Los Angeles. And I'm like, I would like to go to Los Angeles. <laughs> what do we have, like three of these days a year? And I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> Anyways, we're not here to talk about, uh, complain about the weather. We're in this balmy studio here to talk about indie sports radio. Because if it's freezing outside, it means... It's football weather. It's football weather. It's football weather. Well, the big headline in football and really in all of sports is college football. Yes. Um, and that's the release of the uh, participants in uh, college football's uh, playoff. Uh, so we'll be talking to Tim Jackson. Uh, he is a big Alabama fan. Uh, so he is the either, either the perfect person to talk to or the worst person to talk to. About the worst Yeah. Yes. Uh, the worst. We're happy for Tim. Tim has been on with us uh, for a stretch of years, and there was a a time when uh, uh, he didn't appreciate, like, oh, how tough it must be to win all the time attitude that I uh, would serve up to him. But he nobly uh, answered the bell over the last couple of years, uh, even though Alabama uh, did not even make it to the college football playoff and has not been the national champion uh, for a few years. Um, But... uh, they're back in the game. They lawyered their way in. They did. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll, so we'll here at the top of the hour, we'll talk a, a little bit about NFL. Um, but uh, of note, just our two favorite teams um, were on a bye this past week. Um, but somehow that seemed to work out for both of our teams, too. Like uh, Somehow we, every other team lost. Yeah, and we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I don't know how all the other teams beat each other, but somehow that, that's how it worked out. And also, like... Why are there buys happening in week 13? Like, you know, like, let's put them, let's put them more towards the middle. Like, I don't yes. like having to wait so long for a buy. And also, like, why are there six teams on a buy? Like, that was a lot, especially like getting at the end of fantasy. And like, I was setting my lineup. I'm like, I don't have any players. So, I mean, nobody wants to hear you complain about your fantasy team, just like no one wants to hear about your trip to Europe. But, um, it's still just like, come on, NFL, like smooth out. Can we smooth out the number of teams on a bye every week? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting to go into a weekend with just like, oh, perhaps I'll look in on these teams and <laughs> yeah. uh, see how they're faring. Today. Maybe I'll get a flight of beers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you had a flight of NFL. Uh, the big game, um, you know, going into the weekend was the Eagles 49ers matchup, yes. big NFC uh, uh, matchup. Uh, the Eagles having the best record in the league. Uh, the 49ers coming off of, uh, you know, really what they thought unfortunate um, playoff uh, game against the Eagles last year where Brock Purdy couldn't move his arm but was still forced to play quarterback mm-hmm. in that game. And so, uh, and then necessity, like, um, uh, we had a rule change because of it, so you could have a third quarterback right. on, on the team roster. For so the you week. don't have to play pin the arm on the quarterback anymore? <laughs> yeah. Just like 
flop it in the wind. Yeah. Exactly. So the 49ers were out for revenge. And uh, yeah, the Eagles, you know, they play the Bills the week uh, ahead of time. So the like the last four weeks before this, the Eagles would get down in the first half and then they'd come back sort of doing what the Chiefs did a few years ago. Yes. Uh, and uh, that was not the case this week where the 49ers just rolled and they were like, yeah, when we have the full complement of our players, uh, we are um, amongst, if not the best team in the league. Uh, indeed. Uh, you consider all this as part of a season so if you're like oh maybe really the eagles aren't that good or maybe the eagles had just had a bunch of really challenging games in a row yeah again the totally. uh, overtime game with the bills uh last week um which yeah they played the chiefs before they played the that. chiefs before that and then and the dolphins and the, yeah, yeah and then the cowboys not too yeah. far yeah so yeah they've just been a running through and mostly totally. coming out on the winning end um so that they uh yeah, they just didn't have a, a typical game. There's some reasons to be concerned. They're definitely not the same team as as last year, um, but they still know how to win. But yeah, so uh, that that can't can't have felt good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you you can see that uh, the the Niners were coming off some injuries. They they had their lull in the season, right. and now we're like, this is our game. Yeah, um, and that's my sort of thought for this first segment was yeah, there was a lot of rematches, a lot a lot of you know our, we're called run that back. So there was a lot of yeah, let's run that back. Yeah. Um, so the NFC Championship uh, game of, of last year uh, that the uh, Niners wanted to sort of you know uh, relitigate, um, and uh, yeah, they sort of get to make the case. Yeah, if we had had everybody able to play last year, maybe there would have been a different result, and they would have gone to the Super Bowl instead. Yeah, um, and we. So what were some of the other matchups? I do want to go back to the 49ers Eagles, but. Um, uh, but want to hear sort of we that's what we have also coming up this weekend mm. um so you'll have a, a, a bills chiefs yeah sort of you know like let's run that back from like the last three or four seasons we pl- we play them some regular season yeah, yeah we play them all the time i'm ready to not have the chiefs on our schedule anymore sure. <laughs> uh, and then the cowboys and eagles do have that rematch this upcoming weekend as well uh, a lot of the college uh, football playoffs were versions of uh, uh run that back with uh, michigan and ohio state sort mm. of like having the game that's uh, their whole season always comes back to that uh with ohio Ohio State trying to prove that the last two seasons were uh, a fluke and then right. were not able to do so. Uh, uh, yeah, Georgia and Alabama, with yes. Alabama being able to get past them and into the uh, into the Final Four. Um, uh, Washington and Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, a game that happened earlier that a lot of people were like, oh, sure, like Washington, everything fell their way. Oregon's going to roll and maybe not so much. And yeah. um, So there was just a, a lot of uh, interesting, let's try that again and, and uh, see what it meant. Do we need to change the name of our show to Let's Try That Again? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. We're just trying to be less aggressive. Yeah. Um, let's try that again. Let's perhaps. try it again. Will uh, anyone be interested in resuming the play? <laughs> um, you are perhaps listening to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're much more polite. Yeah. Um, but uh, back to run that back. Um, I did want to uh, go back. I, as you said, this has been in the sort of talk of... Uh, of the NFL world uh, over the last few weeks. There was a moment um, in the game uh, between the Eagles and 49ers where um, a member of the 49ers, uh, Trey Greenlaw, yeah. uh, got into a little altercation with um, so an Eagles security staff, their, uh, their chief of security. I don't remember his last name, just that 
everybody at the Eagles call him Big Dom. And so something happened. Yeah, where Big Dom started like jawing with the 49ers player. And Trey Greenlaw kind of like took a swipe at him. But all he did, he didn't like punch him or slap him. He just kind of booped him on the nose. Kind of like, did a dirty Sanchez. Yeah. <laughs> if I can. Um, in that uh, he wiped his finger across his upper lip kind yeah. of thing. Um, and that's all we'll say with that. Yes, but uh, please. Uh, yeah, well, I, uh, to uh, Greenlaw's uh, you know, defense, uh, I mean, Big Dom definitely put hands on him. Yeah. Kind of so, uh, so again, there was a little tussle on the, the Eagles sideline kind of thing, you know, uh, uh, mostly on the field of play mm-hmm. that I guess Big Dom didn't appreciate. Like, mm-hmm. hey, that's that's our player. Like, yeah. yeah, who's playing right now yeah. on the field of play? And you have nothing to yeah. do with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trey Greenlaw like, comes down uh, the tunnel right. and starts uh, hassling someone. That, that's your world, yeah. but not, not here. Yeah, and he was like... Big Dom was, and it is so silly. Like, and yeah, we talked about this. Like, such a Philly figure. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, it's Big Dom. You know, he was actually like right up on the field on the yeah. white thing. And you're like, you have no business t- doing there. And you know, uh, you know what's been brought up is like Greenlaw got thrown out. So did Big Dom. But there's no like a. There's nothing that the Eagles are harmed by Big Dom getting I thrown know, I was, out. I was expecting at least a, a touchdown from Big Dom in the second half. <laughs> Unless he's making grilled cheesesteaks <laughs> cheese on the sidelines, you know, like uh, it, for it was, the play. It was a little silly, and we watched so much sports and talked yeah. about it, and then to be like, oh, I, don't know. I don't think I've ever really seen that before. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. So it has been the talk of the sports world, yeah. but I mean... We've just never seen it before. And, you know, and there is that thing of like, we've seen it in the NHL with like an enforcer trying to take out the best player, Mm -hmm. like get them into a fight. And then they're in the penalty box or a major or they get ejected. Mm -hmm. And it happens in the NBA too. Like uh, Draymond Green, you know, that's been, but we've never seen it with a sort of member of the one team staff and then a very good player who's playing on the field. Yeah, uh, you know, you'd have to go back to like Woody Hayes or otherwise yeah. like, tripping a player kind of thing. Um, yeah. Uh, like, well, and we saw one of the Steelers coaches oh, remember right. that, and where he kind of tripped somebody, and everybody was like, "Wait, what just happened?" No, they, never mind. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would say the Big Dom did the Eagles a service. He yeah. sort of protected them, guarded them, or more people were talking about that rather than um, well. Maybe they are not the top of the NFC as, yeah. as, as we thought they were. Yeah. Um, uh, with a lot of reasons, uh, uh, you know, people say Jalen Hurts is more hurt mm-hmm. um, than we might be acknowledged right now. His, his knee is, yep. is is not letting him play the way he does. There might be let's save the quarterback choices for running less, but also mm-hmm. let's not have him run if he can't run as fast and right. get away from people. Um, and I, uh, I'm i big advocates of coaches, and I think mm-hmm. it was just a big thing that they lost both their offensive and de- defensive yeah. coordinators um, who've gone on to do, uh, just, again, Shane, Shane Steichen um, is doing yeah. an incredible job with the Colts. Totally. How are they in the playoffs? I know. Right now, if the season's over, they're in the playoffs. I know. They were supposed to be a rebuilding team yeah. with a rookie quarterback, and yeah, Gardner Minshew, of yeah. all people, comes in, and yeah, he's uh, great. And then the Arizona Cardinals have not had the best season, but mm. they have seemed to play hard, at least in the first half, and they would often fade because they just don't. Um, but they went into Pittsburgh, and, and or at least played Pittsburgh this weekend and, yeah. and got a win. 
Yeah, I I think the Eagles too. We saw some changes in their secondary uh, as well. Like so, in addition yeah. to the changes uh, uh, with the coaches, uh, but also some of their linebackers have gotten hurt. So. I mean, we saw it. I mean, Josh Allen played so great against them. Uh, and yeah, and then the 49ers just look great. And so they're going to have to make some adjustments on defense if they they need to make some stops on D, you know. Um, right. and uh, Not yeah. in their secondary, but they just assigned the Shaq. Oh, Shaq Leonard. Right, yeah, Shaq Leonard. So that- yeah, from the Colts. Uh, he hasn't been playing great and he's been hurt, but... I mean, he's a body, and yeah. it's something different. Um, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to make some adjustments, or else uh, they're not gonna beat San Francisco again. Um, they might not even beat Dallas. You know, yeah. Dallas has been looking fantastic. Yes. Um, so yeah, they're the other. They're the other big winners. The uh, big dramatic win over the Seahawks on Thursday night. Uh, that was really fun too. Yeah, there's a lot of teams who did uh, sort of, yeah, we said it of ourselves, but sort of came out of the weekend being like, well, cool, and didn't play. Again, the Ravens are mm-hmm. better situated now. Yeah. Uh, that the, like, the Chiefs yeah. have lost and, and the Jaguars have lost. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, cool, cool. Yeah, I guess uh, we're in yeah, first place yeah. in the conference. Uh, and yeah. uh, uh, Dolphins, too, like, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I think we're good. Um, I wanted to throw this out real quick before we take a break. Uh, this is NFL-related, uh, but my son, Levi, loves to watch like NFL films-type material on YouTube and things like that. And I like I was doing some work on the computer uh, and, you know, he's like going through, he's watching stuff. And all of a sudden he finds this thing, which is like the best NFL players for each um, number on their game jersey. And so it was like zero through ninety nine. And I was like, well, there is no way I am going to be doing any work. <laughs> I'm watching this with you because, you know, and it's like 78. You know, is it going to be Bruce Smith? Is it going to be Bruce Smith? Oh, Anthony Munoz. And Levi's like, what? And I'm like, Anthony Munoz. Look, I love Bruce Smith, It's but it's Anthony Munoz. But it was the ultimate example of let's remember some guys. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot let's about. remember some guys and some numbers. Yeah, yes. I forgot about Rod Woodson. He was amazing, <laughs> you know. So it, uh, I have to say, like, you can look it up on YouTube. Like, it's like a two-hour program. <laughs> and I think I watched from the 60s into the 90s before it was time for dinner or something. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Uh, I was uh, speaking of uh, your offspring in football. Mm -hmm. uh, Your uh, daughter Stella was on a a little while back giving us the update on Taylor Swift and the uh, 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 Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs and everything. Uh, I was sort of happy to see um, that the Green Bay Packers got a victory Mm -hmm. uh, over the Kansas City Chiefs because I feel like the underreported story is the other sort of celebrity couple of Simone Biles, um, who is now married to Jonathan Owens. Um, I didn't know this. Uh, yes. Um, so I, I thought they were. I think they were dating, that and they got married sometime this year. I don't know how oh, recently. Oh wow! Um, but uh, again, so no, you know, Simone yeah. Biles is not as ridiculously internationally famous as yeah. Taylor Swift, but she is one. She's a huge. She is athlete. the greatest 
at her sport uh, yeah. of all time. Yeah. And, you know, again, uh, things are named after her and rules have been changed yeah. so people don't try to do things that only she can do. Yeah. Um, uh, again, is is at most of the Packers games down in the sidelines. They had a really cool thing that someone made her this goat hat, which really oh, wow. was crazy. It's like, again, this guy, this like weird, like cheese head, <laughs> yeah. shower curtain costume yes. kind of thing. So you know, so he was like, girl, I made you a present. Simone. Yeah. 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 He turns and, it gives, and again, it is literally like this goat, like <laughs> legs kind of coming down and thing and like that. But like, you're the greatest of all time with like cheese on it. And also like that. Um, But I was just happy to see like, you know, just, the, the number two celebrity uh, football yes. couple that has gone grossly uh, underreported uh, ha- had their time. That's hilarious. By the way, I wish she was married to a uh, Buffalo Bill so that she could go out into the parking lot and jump off of things yes. and land on tables, not go through them. <laughs> uh, the one who could actually stick the landing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they could be Biles Bills. Also. <laughs> Tom, that's why you get paid the big bucks. Big bucks. All right, we teased this at the at the top of the program. Uh, college football really is the uh, the talk um, that everybody's having in the sports community, uh, specifically uh, the college football playoffs. Uh, the top four teams who who will be going on to playing, uh, vying for the national championship, and some way somehow the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, lawyered their way into um into the top four and um when we talk about college football we always bring on tim jackson when we talk about alabama we talk about we bring on tim jackson when we have to talk about alabama and college football of course we turn to tim jackson tim how are you I'm pretty good, guys. It's uh, it's good to be back in the playoffs. I bet it is. I bet it is. Well, congrats. <laughs> um, seriously, and uh, yeah, I, I you know, certainly not uh, an Alabama fan, but I'm also not an Alabama detractor. Um, I was rooting for difference for a while, um, but it's uh, yeah, we do want to talk about how a fourth and thirty one uh, might have made this all extremely unnecessary. Um, but just in general, uh, talk about how you're feeling when they were sort of switching out quarterbacks at the beginning of the season and people were just like, how did Alabama get here? Um, and then <laughs> their, their quarterback is one of the better stories. I, I, I don't enjoy how much everyone rushes to be right about someone being terrible, um, like give someone a chance to learn the position. But yeah, just take us through the, the early part of the season and the season and uh, uh, how you might have believed that this was possible. Yeah, guys, you know, when I was on uh, before the season started, um, you know, one of the biggest concerns that I listed was quarterback. Um, You know, there was no one really tested uh, on the team. Jalen Milrow had the most experience, but not a lot. Looked more like an athlete than a quarterback. Mm. Um, And so, you know, we we come out, (laughs) the Crimson Tide defeats Middle Tennessee State 56-7 to to start the year, and you're like, okay. You know, Milrow looked good. The team looked good. But then we realized that was Middle Tennessee. So uh, next week was Texas, and uh, Milrow looked terrible. The offensive line looked terrible. The defense didn't really look that good. Turned out to be a 34-24 loss in Tuscaloosa. And at that point, I mean, people were quickly – this is how uh, the college football folks um, changed their stories. Do you guys remember what the huge story was in, on September 9th? Texas 
beat Alabama. Alabama was dead. The dynasty was over. Write them off. But you know who's the greatest team of all time? Colorado. Colorado yeah. Coach Prime. <laughs> yeah. Right? And so here we are 10, 12 weeks later, and, you know, Colorado finishes 4-8. and eight. Alabama eight. fights, scraps. Uh, you know, that, that next week they played South Florida on September 16th. It was an ugly, ugly game. Milrow was benched, uh, played two other guys at quarterback, um, both named Tyler. Maybe we should never have another Tyler as a quarterback <laughs> again. And so – so it was like it was a 17 to 3 win against South Florida. It looked completely ugly. But then all of a sudden September 23rd with Ole Miss, things started to click. You know, they beat a really good Ole Miss team 24 to 10, easily beat Mississippi State, beat Texas A&M, beat Arkansas, beat Tennessee, beat LSU, you know, on and on. And then we got to the Iron Bowl, <laughs> yes. where weird things always happen in Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama. And what a game that was. Um, so, yeah, Alabama wins inexplicably in that game. But I, I want to hear about you, Tim. What, what were you doing during that time? Were you praying were you swearing were and then at after the game were you repenting what were you doing <laughs> like uh, what just tell us about your range of emotions that day it was um yeah it was it was a tough game for sure to watch and um you know toward the end of the game kind of that last i don't know six or seven minutes of the fourth quarter I was already going through the acceptance stage wow. of grief. Wow. And I was just like, you know what? Not our year. We 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 fought hard to come back from where we were against Texas and South Florida. At least I don't have to worry about getting beat by Georgia in the <laughs> SEC championship game because we're going to go to the SEC championship game and it's not going to make any difference because it's two losses. Mm. We're out of the playoffs. It's all over. And then fourth and 31, the miracle play happens. Milrow hits Isaiah Bond in the corner somehow in the corner of the, the end zone. And probably the nicest thing that came out of my mouth was suck it. But there was about <laughs> 78 other things that came out of my mouth at that same time and so um so yeah it was quite a a shift in emotion from accepting the loss uh to saying hey we still got a shot at this how have the buffalo bills not lost in that manner maybe i shouldn't put that out into the universe because it feels like a buffalo bills type loss um uh no uh all that was yeah it's great oh in uh, earlier years, we we've spoken to both sides of the the Iron Bowl. We're talking to some Auburn supporters and Alabama mm-hmm. supporters, and just how deep that goes, and the craziness, and you know the contaminating trees, and all the things <laughs> that. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, and any fresh stories uh, uh, in the in the world of uh, Alabama versus Auburn is is that uh, hatred still uh, as heated today as ever. It is. It is still. And if you live in the state, um, obviously it's a huge game because, you know, as people say, uh, as you know, bragging rights 
all year. And so people will bring this game up for 365 days uh, until the next one gets played. And so it's always nice when you're on the winning side of that. So you don't have to hear the crap from Auburn fans all year, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, what an amazing game and hats off to Auburn. I mean, those guys played their hearts out and it was a tough game. And I knew, I knew going into this game. All right. So Auburn just has gotten beat by New Mexico state the week before. Right. And so, you know, they're kind of reeling and I was like, I told a friend of mine, I said, that may have been the worst thing that could happen for Alabama because mm. losing to New Mexico State is only going to make them more fired up to yep. beat Alabama, which they are every year, especially at Auburn. And and sure enough, I mean, I knew that it was going to be like a one-score game. I just knew it. I was just hoping Alabama would be on the right end of that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just was like, it's going to be close. It doesn't matter what the records are. It's going to be close. Well, and, and sure enough, it was. Yeah, and so then we need to jump forward because then, then they uh, play Georgia in the SEC championship game. What were you feeling about going into the game? Did you think they had a shot against Georgia, or were you brimming with confidence? Uh, were you even thinking about the college football playoffs at that point, or were you just like, man, that seems highly unlikely? <laughs> you know, I was... Uh, be I was honest. About it be minute. honest. I, w- <laughs> I was definitely not brimming with confidence um, about either beating Georgia or getting into the college football playoff. But a couple things had already happened. In my opinion, Washington needed to beat Oregon because um, Washington needed to stay undefeated mm. and knock Oregon, a one-loss Oregon team, out. Right. right? So that gives them two losses. Um, Michigan, honestly, probably needed to beat Iowa, and I knew that they would. Um because so, in my opinion, Michigan and uh, and Washington needed to go undefeated and go ahead and get in, like let them in and let them be one and two. Um, but um, <laughs> you, you know, so there were a couple things that had kind of happened that were opening the doors. Um, of course, the Louisville um, FSU game didn't happen until after right. the SEC championship. So that was the one. You know, by the time everything had happened, uh, by the you know the time the SEC championship had finished, it was just like, please, Louisville, let's beat <laughs> FSU and end it because I knew it was going to be a coin flip. Uh, when it got down to Alabama and FSU. And so it was just like if Louisville could just somehow be there. So I I knew Alabama was going to be fourth or fifth, and FSU was going to be the other uh, by the time the SEC championship ended. So it's like I do have some confidence that we might get there. And I'll tell you what, uh, Alabama offensive lineman Tyler Booker. Another um, Tyler. Another Tyler. I know. What is wrong with it? Actually, this one's a pretty good one, though. We just don't want quarterbacks named Tyler. <laughs> but uh, but Tyler Booker said um, the he kind of said the uh, the the uh, quiet part out loud after the game when they asked him about the playoff. He's like, Alabama is the biggest brand in college mm. football, and the SEC champions. We are going to the playoffs, wow. and I thought. Yeah, that actually is probably how that's going to go. And to FSU's chagrin and Georgia's, for that matter, right? I mean, 
Georgia's sitting there with 29-game winning streak, lost one game by three points, and they're out of the playoffs. So, you know, I really think there were six, maybe even seven teams that had a legitimate case for being in a four-team playoff this year. But, um, you know, I hate it for you guys, Georgia, Ohio State, FSU. But, um, but yeah, it was it was a little uh, nerve wracking until uh, until the announcements were made on Sunday. Uh, Tim, we'll talk about the upcoming uh, playoff and matchup against Michigan and otherwise. But before we uh, push past, uh, so how were they able to beat Georgia this time? They had sort of come up short uh, in that matchup of late. Um, so, so what was the difference this time? Uh, it was a matter of Alabama doing something different. Did Georgia just not have the talent that it, that they had had over the last couple of years? I think, in essence, um, I mean, Alabama had, was a team that had been tested a lot yeah. th- this year. And I think that um, playing as a team, knowing that if they play by a team, they could overcome, knowing that they weren't the same team that – uh, had lost to Texas, had struggled against South Florida. Uh, I just think that they were in a better position mentally, maybe, mm. than Georgia was. I, I think, uh, in terms of talent, they were pretty closely matched. Um, but I, I think that Alabama just had a little bit of an edge uh, mentally going into that game, believing that they could win, believing that they had gotten behind some of their demons from earlier in the year. I mean, there was one game, I can't remember, maybe it was the South Florida game, they had like 16 penalties. I mean, it was not a typical Alabama team, and they had made it through that and had played well of late. Auburn game a little bit uh, um, not, not, not the greatest game that they had played, but I just think that they believe that they could win. And they have had good – they did lose to Georgia, you're exactly right, Tom, a couple of years ago in the national championship, and mm-hmm. it really wasn't close. Um, but in SEC champions uh, championships, Alabama's 4-0 against Georgia. Yeah. So I feel like when they play in Atlanta – Alabama believes that they can win, uh, and they almost always do. Gotcha. I think you might have something there with the idea that Georgia hadn't really been tested, and that's where uh, them losing w- one of their scheduled big big games, right? Were they supposed to play Oklahoma earlier in the season or otherwise? Yeah, that's right. Because mm-hmm. they were coming over to the conference next year, they, they decided not to do that. And I think that might uh, – so even if they lose that game, I don't know that they would have. Oklahoma definitely was playing better earlier in the year, uh, beat Texas. Um, mm-hmm. But but because otherwise they sort of did um, skate a little bit through the regular season. I mean, it's still anytime you're playing SEC, you're going to have some tough games. But uh, this was the first time that they probably had to kind of come from behind or, or sort of go, wait, we may not win this game. Um, uh, and that's sort of hard to do when you haven't done that in a while. Um, well, all right. Well, uh, again, look, look who's back yes. in the college football playoff. Uh, c- congratulations to Tim and uh, to Coach Saban, who deserves a lot of credit for uh, maintaining a steady course. The sort of big thing that that Tim uh, sort of hinted at is that Alabama made the playoffs with one loss. Whereas uh, Florida State, who went undefeated, uh, beat everybody they played against, did not get an invitation to the top four. Um, lots of people saying that signals the sort of demise of the ACC. Um, 
you know, lots of other things that people like to argue about. But my favorite talking point is uh, everybody on social media who is like, uh, do you realize how badly you have to screw something up to make you feel sorry for Florida State? You know, <laughs> because that is like, that is a school and a fan base that... You know, as a Wake Forest fan, I don't really care that much about. But somehow you're like, w why do they get shafted? And I'm like, I don't care about Florida State, but it is something about the ACC. So, Tim, what, uh, you are partisan in this, but uh, being an Alabama fan, but what do you think about this this argument and um, these uh, feelings from Florida State fans and ACC fans? Uh, well, when the SEC championship finished uh and then especially when fsu did beat louisville in their conference championship game uh didn't look impressive doing it but they did do it you know i, I said then that you know i was preparing myself to accept whatever the decision was because i really felt it was kind of a, a coin flip between fsu or alabama to go into that uh, spot and then it went to Alabama. Of course, the FSU fans are upset. If I were in Alabama, or if Alabama was in the same position and got left out, I would be upset. But here's the question, and I'm asking you guys to answer. It's a yes or no question. When the when people and trust me, people have said this to me. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, this is a ripoff. FSU got screwed. Blah blah blah. All this." I'm like, "Okay, okay, all right. I hear what you're saying. So here's my question for you." Do you believe, yes or no, that an undefeated <laughs> conference champion should automatically be in the playoff? Tom, I'll let you take it first. Uh, not when there's five major conferences and only four slots. Yeah. Um, so there's going to be some, uh, you know, some positioning there. Um, so, right, uh, right. Uh, so no. and, and I've had a few folks that have said, yeah, of course, that's right. And I'm like. Well, let's make room for Liberty then, yeah. because Liberty is thirteen and zero. Played everybody on their schedule, beat most of them fairly badly, mm -hmm. and you know, and they won their conference championship. And, and they don't like to punt. USA. Yep. <laughs> and, and so I'm like, who are we knocking out to put Liberty in? But to I guess Scott, your point about the demise of the ACC, I don't know if it's the demise permanently, but it was a down year for the ACC. Yep, so it's true. You, you know. Uh, first of all, FSU did not have to play two of the better teams in the conference, which was NC State and UNC. So they escaped not having to play those, and that's not their fault. That's just a matter of scheduling, right? Yep. And then they had – and look at the team. You know, Boston College, Virginia Tech, Syracuse, all teams that sometimes are pretty good. All were 6-6. Six and six. And I'm sorry to say, Scott – Wake Forest, oh, yeah. a bit of a disappointment. A bad at year. Bad year. Pitt, a major disappointment at three and nine for Pittsburgh. Miami was predicted to be maybe a top fifteen team. They finished seven and five. Uh, and then out of conference, you know, they play Florida, the big in-state rival. Florida's five and seven this year. You know, so really they had a couple of good games, uh, wins. LSU. Week one of the season, Labor Day weekend, um, they beat them, and Alabama did too, so that was hard to get much of a, a measuring stick off of that game. And then they beat an 8-4 and four Clemson team, who was a, a bit of a disappointment this year. 
but really LSU and Clemson was about it other than Louisville and the, the playoffs. So, uh, and then you switch over and you go, all right, well, who did Alabama play? Well, they beat number one with a 29 game winning streak, uh, Georgia. Uh, they beat a ten and two Ole Miss team. They beat a nine and three LSU team, but FSU did too, so that's kind of a draw. Uh, they beat an eight and four Tennessee team that's ranked number twenty one. And I think this might be one of the things that really hurt FSU weirdly, as Alabama beat Kentucky forty nine twenty one, and the week before the Louisville versus FSU championship game. Kentucky beat Louisville, right, uh, 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 who was tend- um, contending for a conference championship. Kentucky beat Louisville 38-31, and Kentucky was a team that Alabama easily handled. And then Louisville, um, you know, lost by 10 to FSU. So I, I don't think <laughs> that that Louisville-Kentucky game did FSU any particular favors but um, but it, you know it's it's a tough hand you know if I'm thirteen and zero, heck if I'm Liberty and I'm thirteen and zero, yeah. I'm mad at not making the playoffs. You know it's like all you can do is win the games that are in front of you, and FSU did that. Um, but as Tom said, when you've got five major conferences and only four slots, somebody's got to be out, right? And in the past, it's been either the Pac-12 or the uh, the Big 12 or whoever. Um, this year, it was the ACC's turn. They just, you know, the, the rest of the conference, unfortunately, was pretty weak this year, uh, especially – the teams that FSU played. Uh, all your argument is sound. I, I do think that uh, Florida State goes if their quarterback doesn't get hurt. Uh, mm. if, if they closed out the season with with a flourish um, and sort of because mm-hmm. uh, they're very impressive on defense. Um, uh, but that's you know it, it's hard to sort of put a team and a big TV game for like ooh their defense is great. Um, but yeah, they just didn't really show that they could move the ball impressively without their star quarterback. Uh, but I think if he's still there, I think, believe it or not, maybe the SEC d- wouldn't go this year. Yeah, and, um, you know, a lot of people say that, uh, I mean, we saw this in the, like, reaction shot. They had the, like, Michigan Wolverines team, like, uh, like mm-hmm. live shot, and when it was announced that Alabama was the four seed, you saw no emotion in that. They were like, <laughs> oh, crap. You know, they didn't want to play that. Um, so uh, my big thing is I just love how when we were kids, like, Everyone always argued, like, who is the worthy national championship? And it was always a big mm-hmm. argument at the end of every year. And people were like, we need a playoff system. So then yeah. well, then we got a sort of national championship game, and people would argue about that. And so they were like, mm-hmm. then they expanded it. So now it's four teams. And now there's arguments who gets to go in there. Now the college football is expanding their playoffs starting next year to 12 teams. We're still going to have arguments. Like, there are always going to be arguments with college football. It's sort of the nature of the sport. No doubt. I mean, just like the NCAA tournament, right? You got 68 teams, but 69 always argues that they should have been in. Right. So no matter how many teams, there's still going to be an argument. Um, And my – my solution a couple of years ago for the playoff, um, which would have been handy this year, was to have a six-team playoff where t- uh, number one and number two seeds get a bye. Yeah. And then so then three plays six and four plays five, and then those winners will play one and two. But that would have allowed 
for uh, you know Georgia and uh, FSU yeah. to both get into a playoff. And so, I, I, I honestly, I'm not a big fan of a 12-team <laughs> playoff. Um, I, I thought like a six-team playoff was a good solution, but um, but yeah. It, to the point, FSU definitely uh, has uh, an argument, and I don't blame him for it, and I would be whining about it, too. If I were there. <laughs> and, and, you know, honestly, when you look at Michigan's schedule, I don't see a big difference between Michigan and mm. FSU. Yeah. You know, Michigan's number one, but Michigan's the, – the beginning of their season, they played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, <laughs> Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota – Indiana, a very down and crappy Michigan State team, <laughs> Purdue. I mean, that was a total cakewalk all the way up until playing Penn State. And so they played Penn State, which was the first-ranked team that they played. Um, they played and only beat Maryland by a touchdown at Maryland. And then, of course, the big Ohio State game, which they won by six points. So, honestly – I think FSU's got as good of an <laughs> argument as Michigan does to be in the playoff. But, um, I, you know, I, I do think that the ACC was perceived um, to have a down year, and there were some teams like Wake and Pitt that were perceived to be at least have winning records. They didn't. You know, Clemson at 8-4, and four, um, you know, that certainly hurt FSU that Clemson wasn't a, a powerhouse like they usually are. And so, yeah, it is. It is what it is. It's certainly an imperfect system, especially when you've got five major conferences and only four spots. You do, but, Tim. Um, you you reference the uh, you know the March Madness, which people argue again. People aren't necessarily arguing that those teams were then going to go on and win, but that they should have mm-hmm. gotten in. Um, so right. it's it's more an argument of for fairness. Yeah, um, which mm-hmm. is like, but they did everything that you right. asked. Um, and it's like. Uh, I get that, but we're still trying to put together the most compelling tournament, <laughs> yeah. and, and that's what we have here. Um, so I don't know that a lot of, you know, again, you can do like, hey, you don't know, you know, hey, TCU, you know, like uh, pulled an upset last year. Yeah, but then got rolled in the final kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the thing is like um, not necessarily arguing that the, the very likely would have then run the table and won the championship, but um, it just doesn't seem right that you all you do is win and then you don't, you don't get in. Um, so that's why they changed it. Cause, yeah. Cause either mm-hmm. you go to uh, somehow keep collapsing uh, conferences so that there are only four, but as long as you have more than four, you're going to need a, more than a four team tournament. Um, yeah. So uh, Tim, we've got just like two minutes left with you. Uh, we love to do this with you. Uh, bowl season is one of your favorite times of year. Uh, I love when the bowls, um, are playing and I just imagine you at home wearing a sweater, eating a snack, uh, happily watching these weird bowl matchups. Um, so what are some bowls that are you, that you are looking forward to this bowl season? This, by the way, this isn't a holiday season for you. It's bowl season for you. It is bowl season. It's a beautiful time, and it starts off December 6th with seven bowl games. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm excited. Yeah, it's like Georgia Southern versus Ohio, but who cares? <laughs> There's seven bowl games. So I'm pretty pumped up about that. In terms of good games, you know, I think that um, the Tax Act Texas Bowl has Texas A&M and Oklahoma State. <laughs> 
Um, Arizona and Oklahoma play in the uh, Valero Alamo Bowl. Uh, Oregon State and Notre Dame in the Tony the Tiger Bowl. <laughs> and uh, Ole Miss and Penn State in the Chick-fil-A Bowl. And, uh, and I think of, of the non-New Year's games, those are kind of the top ones. But as I was looking at those, and I just mentioned Tony the Tiger and Chick-fil-A. I'm like, what's up with food bowls this yeah. year? And there's a ton. You got Avocados Mexico, Famous Toastery, Scooter's Coffee, Idaho Potato, Duke's Mayonnaise, Wasabi, Pop-Tarts. And then the aforementioned Tony the Tiger and Chick-fil-A. And then finally the Cheez-It uh, Citrus Bowl. It's like, what is up with food? Like. A quarter of the uh, the bowl games are named after food this year, so that's kind of weird. But uh, but anyway, there's a, there's some really good games, and then you know there's some some stinkers out there. You got five and seven, uh, five and seven Minnesota playing Bowling Green to start the bowl season with the Quick Lane Bowl. <laughs> you know, so more like yeah, the so Quick the, Lane Bowl. Yeah, yeah, the quick yeah the Quick Lane Bowl is very much. Uh, yeah, but there's there's some some tough ones, you know. A lot of six and six teams facing each other, uh, you know. South Alabama versus Eastern Michigan, Georgia State versus Utah State, that kind of thing. But um, but I will still be watching. I, I expect to watch at least a quarter of probably thirty five of these forty one. <laughs> and that's why we love you, uh, Tim Jackson. So a couple of quick things. One thing, uh, 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 not sure how it, but they the, for the Pop Tart Bowl, they claim that the uh, the only bowl with a with an edible mascot, so somehow the oh mascot gosh. is going to be like something you can eat at the end. Um, but I would just want to compliment. We're always talking about how sort of um, uh, the NBA is sort of climbing into the NFL's world. The mm-hmm. NFL is sort of climbing into the uh, NBA's world. I appreciate that uh, Major League Baseball found a way to sort of show up in the college bowl season because there is both the Pinstripe Bowl mm-hmm. happening at Yankee Stadium yeah. and the Fenway Bowl nice. happening at Fenway. So good for baseball to be like, we're still here. Yeah, we're here. We're around. <laughs> it's not just the winter meetings. Hey, Tim, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, we wish you all the best in this happiest time of your year. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's a lot of football to be watched, and have a great holiday season for you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Talk to you soon. All right. See you later. I know we've got just a couple of minutes. I wanted to throw this out there to you. Uh, The NHL announced that they will be holding their upcoming draft in, um, you know, June 2024 Mm -hmm. at the new Sphere Mm. in Las Vegas. The, like, weird um, thing where U2's been playing and it's got, like you know all of those kind of video capabilities u2's playing there fish is playing there on 420 (laughs) so uh yeah we can see that but the nhl is actually doing their draft there and i'm like i kind of want to go to see what a draft is like in that space but good for them because yeah you know they were the first to be like yeah let's do vegas let's Um, do it and then vegas rewarded them both with a good team and then uh, winning it all uh last year and then uh so hooray for the connection um, and then uh, speaking of, uh, Vegas is where the uh, in-season tournament it will end up, um, uh, which will be uh, Lakers, Pelicans, and then um, Pacers, Bucks. Yes, and uh, my mom is a Knicks fan. Yeah, she was, um, you know, really into that game, and then she just said that they collapsed. But then she said. 
you can talk about the Celtics collapse too, uh, but she is very happy about the Pacers uh, making it. Uh, they've got a great young player, Tyler Halliburton, who's just fantastic. And um, yeah, that should be fun to watch. Kudos to the NBA, as yes. we talked about last week. All right, we come to the end of the show where we do a Coffin Corner where we recognize those from the world of sports and entertainment who have left us this past week. Uh, Paul Snyder, scout and executive who played an integral role in the rise and sustained dominance of the Atlanta Braves from the early 90s to the mid-2000s. Uh, James Eason, Hall of Fame archer. Norman Lear, American screenwriter and producer responsible for such iconic TV shows as All in the Family, Maud, Jefferson's, Sanford and Sons, uh, Sanford and Son, uh, Good Times, Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, One Day at a Time. I, I like also that Norman Lear has been on like every podcast imaginable, yes. you know, in these last couple of years, like in his 90s, just showing up on podcasts. Good for him. Uh, Tony Allen, considered the godfather of, of alternative comedy. Scott Top 10 Kempner, American guitarist for the Dictators, the Dell Lords, and the Brandos. Denny Lane, mm -hmm. English Hall of Fame musician with Wings and the Moody Blues. And perhaps the one that hit me hardest, Shane McGowan, sure. English-born Irish singer for the Pogues. And Shane McGowan uh, and the Popes, um, as, uh, as a songwriter of one of my favorite holiday oh, songs, yeah. Fairy Tale of New York. Um, I had a weird uh, thing where I got to see him uh, be lead singer for The Clash. Oh, um, wow. So uh, Joe, Joe Strummer was uh, unable. So it was The Beacon in New York City. And you're sort of like, oh, what? Shane McGowan instead. Okay, I'll see yeah, that. Kind I, of thing. Like that's like a weird like fantasy draft yeah, thing, exactly. like fantasy music fast. Like, what if Shane McGowan led the Clash? Uh, that's very cool. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, I mean, the Pokes are just great, and Shane McGowan's is a fantastic songwriter. But yeah, that song uh, gets me. Also, there was. Uh, uh, there was a Bill Murray Christmas special yeah. a few years ago. It was very kind of odd. Uh, not quite sure about that, but they did a rendition of that song mm -hmm. that I listen to every year. I love it, and it makes me cry every time. Thanks for listening to Run That Back. We'll see you next week.